Hi, and welcome to the Humboldt Last Week podcast. I'm your host, Miles Cochran. The Humboldt Last Week podcast features a summary of news and events from Humboldt County, California, delivered in a sort of laid-back, hopefully accessible way. And who knows, maybe you'll hear something worth talking about. Now, quickly about me, I've spent many years professionally as a journalist and radio host in this county. I love Humboldt. I think it's beautiful. And I just want to give you a rundown of last week's happenings on your time so you can have it when you want it. For those of you on Apple devices, Humboldt Last Week is available on iTunes if you want to subscribe. And you can check this out on all other devices at soundcloud.com slash Humboldt Last Week. Now, real quick, I want to thank everybody who's been listening to this and saying kind things. Thanks for telling a friend. And thanks for liking Humboldt Last Week on Facebook. Also, I want to say thank you, Reddit Humble. They are amazing. I posted about this thing there, and people were incredibly kind. It made me smile so big. And finally, a huge thank you goes out to the Lost Coast Outpost, who decided to add this thing to their Elsewhere section. So, the main story this week covers the alleged murder of a beloved firefighter in Fortuna, a possible crime of passion. I'm going to be speaking with someone who served on the fire department with the victim. And I'll also talk with revered journalist Kim Kemp, who's followed that story since the morning it happened. Before that, though, let's quickly go over some other important events from the week. In Eureka, the homeless people that want help are moving. Talking about the individuals at Betty Chin Assists that live in shipping containers. The shipping container program is actually great so far. I saw that as of September, 77 people have moved on to get their own housing from this thing. There's 24-hour surveillance, so businesses feel better about it. And this village was on the fringes of Old Town, but now they're moving to near the north end of Broadway just off of Waterfront. Washington and Coster. Betty even got a little bit more funding. She's so nice. That's up at lastcoastoutpost.com. Now, somewhat related, the county just cleaned up some homeless camps in southern Humboldt. It's curious, so I looked up the recent homeless numbers for Humboldt. In 2015, Humboldt housing counted 1,319 homeless people. 32 children. Sucks. Those numbers were up. I guess, from 2013. Eureka had the largest homeless population, Arcata the second largest, and then Southern Humboldt the third. What else is going on? The state accepted plans to close three nursing homes in Eureka, and it's estimated now that around 150 patients are likely going to have to be transferred out of the county because of this. It's rough. Senator McGuire and Assemblyman Woods, they are not happy about it either. Really awful thing. So you can check that out in the Times Standard or courtesy of the North Coast Journal blog. This dude with dreadlocks who went to McKinleyville High School is enjoying life as a professional baseball player. Guy has been doing big things with the Pittsburgh Pirates, making a lot of sports news this last week. That's awesome. His name is John Jaso, if you want to look it up. And I wish there were more uplifting stories like that this week. It's now time for the final story. By now, you've probably heard about the tragic events that happened in Fortuna. A firefighter was shot to death. And this is a very complicated situation. But before we get into the details of it, the bottom line is that a man that helped his community lost his life. Tim Smith was a captain with the Fortuna Volunteer Fire Department, and he only got to live to the age of 46. I briefly spoke with Ashley Valdivino. She served for several years as a firefighter alongside Tim. It's really incomparable to anybody else that's on the department. I mean, everyone is so unique in their own ways. Everyone has, you know, the things that you really like about them. But he just kind of was the do-it-all. Like, I mean, you could literally ask him for help with anything, and he wouldn't even think twice. He helped to build the upstairs. He helped with prepping anything that anyone had, you know, planned. I mean, he was um, a really, really good example. 
anyone's going to fall short in his shadow. And Ashley says Tim Smith was also very socially fun. Tim was very hilarious. Anytime you could get him in any casual setting, it was kind of hard for him to separate the whole, you know, got to keep the good PR and everything. But you still get him to crack a smile, and once it was going, it was going. I mean, full of jokes. And he'd always catch you off guard because he'd, he'd kind of keep a straight face and just kind of laugh to himself. And then all of a sudden, you know, he'd have you rolling, and he pretty much can blend with anybody. Wow. So you can contribute to Tim's Memorial Fund at Redwood Capital Bank in Fortuna or at the Fortuna Fire Department. Like I said before, this alleged murder is a very complicated situation. John Goldberg is the man accused of shooting Tim multiple times in front of his house with members of Tim's family nearby. Tim was unarmed. Now, according to witness testimony posted by John Shiv, Tim had naked pictures of John's wife on his phone, which made it look like two married people were possibly cheating together. And that possibly led to a crime of passion, a murder of passion. John was arrested and pled not guilty. Prosecutors mentioned John could be a threat, and since he's a marijuana grower, he has the resources to flee the country. But the judge did set bail at a million dollars. I mean, this is such a sad case. Your heart hurts for both of the families that it impacts, for the people that loved and respected Tim, and for the entire community as they try and make sense of this awful thing that happened. So hopefully something can be learned in all of this. And to talk it over, I did reach out to revered journalist Kim Kemp, who's covered this story since day one. Here's that audio. All right, well, first off, I just want to say thank you so much, Kim, for chatting with me. And thank you for your voice of wisdom in the community. Oh, thank you. I I hope it's wise. It's always wise. Your coverage is always so great. You've been covering this shooting in Fortuna since the morning it happened at KimKemp.com. You get a lot of traffic on your website and through social media. In this one, court documents brought to light an affair was potentially a motive in this case. Clearly, um, it was important to report that. And obviously, hearing something like that is shocking and painful. But in my opinion, the best thing to do is get the facts out there to sort of rip the Band-Aid off. Then whenever you do get a motive out there, people can kind of begin to heal and learn from all of this. Would you agree with that? I would love to think that it was simple like that. I I do think that it it stops the gossip if you can just get some information that's facts. And John Chiv um, had his Boris Chu Leather Out got the right, the proper uh, documents there, and I referred to them and got that information out to the people that read me. I think I think it was important. You know, gosh, it's so hard because it's so incredibly painful. For uh, Kim Smith, the victim was a very popular um, beloved. That's just really the only way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, firefighter in his community, and um, you know, adultery, which is what appears to have happened, is not a flattering thing. And so, people want to either portray him as a perfect glowing knight or a terrible evil adulterer and I, I suspect like most of us he's much more complex than that yeah well Kim you've been covering Humboldt for how many years now is it over a decade you close to that it'll be nine years in a couple days oh wow okay very close to nine years getting up there whenever it comes to your experience looking at crimes of passion here in Humboldt what do you believe is most important to remember is that everyone has the ability or the the capability of making mistakes or doing things that um, society says is not okay. Mm -hmm. And we need to recognize faults that, yes, that things happen that they shouldn't have done and may not, and if they hadn't done them, may not have led to a series of things. 
But when you weigh that in the balance of the whole person, that doesn't negate all the good they've done. Mm-hmm. When you look at people who have done terrible crimes, if, if you were to, you know, um, take somebody who's been um, convicted of murder and want to write them off as a terrible person, the reality is they probably have many good things that they've done in their life. Now, there's some psychopaths, but that's mm-hmm. probably not true. But as a majority of people that I know, and I, yes, I do know people who are in jail, and I know them closely, mm-hmm. uh, they have done many good things, fine things, things that you would be proud to say, oh, this beloved person of mine did this thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just so black and white for some people, but really, yeah, you're right. Good people can sometimes do bad things, you know. Um, Good people cheat, bad people cheat. Some people cheat because they have problems they need to work through, you know, or some people cheat out of retaliation. It's just case by case. And, you know, on the other side of this, though, there are some people out there sort of glorifying what John Goldberg did as, you know, heroic. No. Yeah, I mean, what what do you have to say to those people? When someone kills someone else, the ripple effect, I have had two homicides in close family members, and the ripple effect is impossible to describe. It goes on and it never ends, and it damages everyone around them. The person may feel justified in what they did, but are they thinking about the effect on their child, on their mother? These are things that I don't think they're thinking about, but how do you think the mother of John Goldberg is going to feel going to visit him in jail. Um, if, how is he going to feel when he doesn't get to watch his kids grow up? Right. You've seen a lot of the response, and that's something that is a benefit of having your website. You have such a huge response there. For the most part, do you feel that the community is responding to this incident well? It's so hard to tell. The commenters are such a small portion of the readers. I've had posts that have had like 70 or 80,000 readers, Mm -hmm. and they have maybe 100 to 120 commenters. So, and and some of those are the same commenters over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, the comment section is such a, yeah, it's not representative. It really, it's it's the people who are most vocal, most mad, mostly mad is the the emotion that comes across. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there's very little reason to sit down and think it out, which um, which is sad because really writing, that's what writing is for. It's, mm-hmm. You know, mad is for, you know, venting is for what you do when you're uh, sitting across from your friend and you're just babbling. Right. It's okay to do that. But right. everybody, need, you need to do that. It's important. It's mm-hmm. important to, you know, make bad jokes that you really wouldn't make in public and yeah. say things that, you know, that are inappropriate to, to say in front of grieving people that you shouldn't write mm-hmm. on a website where grieving people are going to read. You know, I find a lot of that stuff very hard to understand. I like the way that you've approached handling the moderation of the comments on this story. Oh, it, it seems like you get in there and you kind of try to set the tone. And yes, I think that's really important. And I, I wish more people would take a role and comment thoughtfully. I think that the more thoughtful commenters you have, the more likely other people are to comment thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a ripple effect the other way. Right. You and I both know, you know, it's good to talk about this case and talk about it thoughtfully because hopefully people can learn from it. The obvious takeaways here, you know, killing is wrong and cheating is wrong, but going deeper, you know, there's a little bit of victim blaming going on in the aftermath here. And that's also wrong. 
you know, do you find it frustrating whenever you see people trying to like blame the victim's wife for uh, somehow yeah. causing this when it appears that all she did was, you know, find out she had been wronged and then told the other people that were involved? I can't even conceive of the level of Yeah, well, I've gotten just a very valuable and huge takeaway from talking with you, Kim, and that is the ripple effect. Um, and actually talking to you is, I hope, I hope talking to you is going to have a ripple effect on many as they try to process this. Is there anything else that you want to mention about this, Kim? Uh, having had this situation happen in my family, I know that one of the things that was hardest was for people to ask me to tell them what happened. And being asked to repeat over and over again, um, something that was extremely painful to me. And I would say that anyone who was close to the family, let them, let the cues be from them. If they want to talk, let them talk. And if they don't want to talk, don't ask them any questions. Just let them be whoever they really are, you know, the person who's the funny person or the silly person or the sad person or the quiet person. Just let them be. Best advice I've heard. Hey, um, again, you know, I want to mention that you are an incredible journalist. And for anybody listening, you know, check out Kim's coverage at kymkemp.com. It's kimkemp.com. Thanks again for your time tonight, Kim. You're welcome. Last week.